Are, are you just tired because you're in prime jet lag mode? Or did you have like a wild yeah. night out in Stockholm? Or like, what's, what's the deal? I'm just I'm just jet lagged. I, I had uh, stayed up until like 2 a.m. last night. And whenever I um, whenever I travel, I always wake up at like the first sign of light because no no room is like completely blacked out. So the first sign of light coming through into my room, my body is just like, ah, it's time to get up now. I don't know. I don't know why I like is maybe it's because I'm in a foreign place. So my body's already on edge or something. But it's like I'm a my body's like trying to take me back to like caveman days. You know, oh, the the sun's coming out light. It's wake up. Wake the fuck up, bitch. You know, but when I'm at home, it's it's fucking like I'll sleep till 10 a.m. No problem. Give me my eight hours. Do you not travel with like a with like a face mask or earplugs? Uh, I can't do face masks bothers me to have something on my face well that's all i got that's all the advice i got for you <laughs> i also Thanks. i can't sleep with a i cannot sleep with a face mask either i think that it's something that you have to get used to at least that's what i've been told but the process of getting used to one it has has not been pleasant for me so well, uh, i can do earplugs I mean, though I, I i tried to force that shit at, at omega league um I had like 30 days of wearing a face mask to sleep because um, our schedules for these things are always late. Uh, so, for example, for this one, it's going to be, I think the standard match timings is 3 p.m., 6 p.m., 9 p.m. So it just means we're, we're going to be uh, trending late schedule, right? Yeah, Same your, your workday is just shifted from a normal person's yeah. to later so why get up at eight and, in the morning and omega league i was like i was like a fucking uh eastern facing window giant fucking ceiling to floor window with no uh no shades or anything and they couldn't get me anything for it so <laughs> i had the brightest light this is also like September, right? When Omega League. So it was like the fucking brightest light starting at like 7 a.m. So I I wore a face mask, but I still did not sleep very well. It looks like you got a decent setup. I'm I'm stoked that you're alive and in Sweden. As soon as I heard, yeah. you know, I, or as soon as I saw BSJ's tweet that, that he was denied entry, the first thing I did was like, look at your Twitter. <laughs> Message Ellie. Be like, hey, is, is Austin okay? <laughs> <laughs> let me just say it was um i i knew when i left i figured it was about a 50 50 chance that i would not make it into sweden about 50 50 chance i think i did more research than most people on this situation mm -hmm. i feel like i might have done more research than the tournament organizer <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't know. Uh, I, I looked at it. I, I know what exemption. Like I, I, I did the research, and I had to ask them. I was like, "So how are we getting? Are we, you trying to get us in through this line right here?" And uh, sure enough, that's what we were trying to get through was the sports people who are integral to uh, to a, a sports sporting thing. So that that can include the athletes as well as the commentators. Uh, the thing is, is um, the biggest determining factor in whether or not you get in is uh, whether or not the border um, agent uh, views esports as a sport. <laughs> That's so wild. So if you get someone who's like a giant Get Right and Forest fan, and they're like, "Yeah, man, I fucking love Counter Strike, yeah. Dota, fuck yeah, yeah, cool." Dude, I love you, Cap. Dude, say say yeah. hi to I don't know someone for me. To say hi to Ice Frog, versus someone who's like, you are not playing soccer. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, uh, for people who don't know, that is how, um, that is literally how getting into countries, whether it's applying for a visa or um, or getting through the border, works. It, it is very much like th this was a very specific instance, but like very often it's, it's entirely up to the mood 
of the person that you are meeting, that you are talking to. Those guys have a lot of of um, agency in determining who gets in and who doesn't. And so a lot of these times, these these things, you know, things that are borderline like this um, are, you know, entirely uh, up to who you meet. I haven't done a ton of international travel. I, you know, I, I did like a, like a little Western Europe jaunt pre-COVID last year. I've, I've been to Shanghai once before, and um, I've never had... The most trouble that I've ever had crossing a border was actually driving from Seattle to Vancouver for TI-8. And sitting, oh, yeah. And sitting at the border, um, it was so slow that day. And we, I think we were waiting in line for almost two hours. And the Border Patrol person was like... Um, Given us way more of an interview than I thought he was going to in the car. And, uh, you know, he asked, like, he's like, so, Trump, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty wild out here. <laughs> Sorry you have to deal with that. And he's like, you're not just trying to, you know, come up here to get rid of that, are you? <laughs> like, get away from that. And I'm like, no, unfortunately, I got to go back. But is that like a trick question? <laughs> he looks at me and he's like, okay, you're okay. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I, I have also had uh, issues with um, that area as well. The the Seattle to Vancouver area. I don't know why, but they, they are like, we're way more strict, uh, I feel like. I can't remember if it was getting into Canada that was more strict. I think it was. Um, whereas vice versa, it was, it was no problem. My theory is that, that, it, that they frequently run drugs through that area if I had to guess. That would make sense. I also had, um, when I went, ah, God, this is probably like 2012 maybe, I flew from Orlando up to Toronto for NASL season maybe three StarCraft finals and the first World Smite, Smite final, fun fact. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was technically kind of, I was working. I, I I got paid to go mm. help at the event, mm. and so when I and you know eighteen year old me was just like oh I'll just check like I'm traveling for work on my visa I'm getting like you know a free hotel I learned that's not what you do most of the time <laughs> very quickly when they're like well who's your employer can we call them can we talk to them are you really working why are you coming over why are you so young what are you doing what is esports and I'm like. I'm I'm just coming to, 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 to take some pictures. I'm a child. Um uh why are you detaining me? Uh, and that's when I learned yes. that more often than not you just say that you're visiting and that's all that's what you do. Yes. It is a uh not so hidden fact among the esports world that uh we are always vacationing. <laughs> We're just we just really love traveling abroad, you know? And uh no, what you what you say is what I always say is I'm attending a convention, which is that that nice line between truth and lie. It's a white you line. Know? Right? It just it, it just fucking you saddle that line all the way through. I am at attending a convention. Man. I may or may not be getting paid for my attendance. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, and like it's not an esports thing. People people always talk about like, oh man, the esports so unprofessional about that. You know how how many people. Uh, are going to business conferences in the regular business world. People do that shit all the time. It's near constant. Uh, so it, it's just like an accepted way of the world. But for, for this COVID thing specifically, I the reason this was borderline, I feel, was that there was just not enough preparation done. Um. I feel like we probably needed to have some sort of official invitation from the government of Sweden, um, something like that, in, in order to ensure entry and not just kind of like rolling the dice uh, and, um, and and trying to get in. And if that doesn't work, you know, like go again in two weeks or something like um, we, we needed something like that. And and I'm setting all this up, making it look like I'm flaming the tournament organizers, but I'm actually not quite doing that. Uh, Go because, on. I, I mean, I just don't think there was enough time. I Like, 
everyone looks at the 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 DPC leagues. Um, you know, if you ever see a trend, it's probably because there's a reason. If every single tournament organizer outside of Perfect World, which is a very unique situation, that one. But if every other tournament organizer, why are they so disorganized? Why are they announcing things so late? Why is this, like, I, I think very likely, why is this show, like, not very good? Like, uh, are they literally just putting, you know, fucking webcams in a box, and that's the production uh, of the tournament? I, I have no inside information as to what the other tournament organizers are doing for their broadcasts, but, like, I'm going to make some some guesses here that some of them are not going to be so stellar. Some of them are, are going to be relatively plain Jane. Uh, and it's because, like, none of this was planned very well. Um, and there was not a whole lot of time given to, uh, to tournament organizers to figure this shit out. So I think uh, ESL and DreamHack dropped the ball uh, because they're apparently having some sort of merger. So that is just a clusterfuck and a half. But... Um, you know, it's it's like um, it, it ultimately lies on on Valve needed to be able to get this in motion much earlier. Yeah, it doesn't take long from production standpoint to say, okay, I can fly people out here. I can have I can rent some cameras. I can use my desk. I can have a green screen. I can have like a broadcast setup. Any competent tournament organizer can set that up in you know, a week or two with some crunch, maybe sooner if they have an existing studio they can use. But that doesn't make things necessarily look good, right? It takes time to develop a graphics package, to have people actually produce shows so that you're making content that's not just live content. It it takes it takes time to do set decoration if you're someone like we play. It it takes time to, you know, write out a narrative or, or do so many things and, you know, we like you know they they don't just plan for ti three weeks before ti right like they're working on that show for sometimes a year and that's what makes broadcast good it's it's like a lot of time and preparation so i i think that i'm with you and that i wouldn't be surprised if we see this roll out of dpc and it just kind of looks uh, what do you say plain jane easy yeah yeah I which think, shouldn't um... be the fault of, of esl or dreamhack if they really you know you can only do so much if you're told three weeks, four weeks, five weeks ahead of time. Like, hey, events coming. Uh, yeah, like uh, five weeks ago was heading into Christmas. You know, it's like, yeah, you've got a bunch of people taking time off work and stuff at that point in time. So it's just like it's. Uh, I I know a month ago there were tournament organizers not sure if they were doing a studio broadcast or remote. A month ago. <laughs> Like a month ago, they're arranging with the talent, like, hey, we're going to have you guys come into here. We're still trying to figure this out. And then like a couple days later, you know, they go back to them. Ah, it looks like we can't actually do that. We're going to be doing a remote broadcast. I know some tournament organizers were asking Valve if they could do remote broadcasts. They actually didn't know. You know, it's like. I don't know, man. It's uh, disappointing. Um and I know this this DPC is disappointing to a lot of people. I know the players are uh, pretty butthurt about it. As, yeah, there's quite a uh, few that are like, but I want to play video games, which which feels up. I, I think there's probably a handful of people who legitimately have gripes and are on the outside, you know? Yeah, I, I think when the publisher stepping in and establishing your esports is, is always supposed to be, um, oh, things will get... Um, there will be more opportunities, not less. You know, that's what people want to, to be able to, to believe. Um, and I think mm, more often than not in esports, it has proven that way because um, publishers just have a lot more money. So they have a lot more money in their marketing budgets to be able to, because that's at that point it comes down to, right? Is that for a developer, they reach into their marketing budget to be able to do these esports things whereas for tournament organizers that's like you know they have to go out to these sponsors and shit please give me money hello please. um mr mercedes is this john mercedes do you have any money for one esl please yeah they, these guys are like cold calling companies you know randomly sending out emails and shit to anybody that they know like hey we're doing a, a 
this esports broadcast. Here's the numbers. Love to get you involved if you want to give us money. Give speaking, me money. Speaking of so yeah, I mean, I mean, just real quickly, I this is like so players look at it and they're like, wait, I'm gonna be making a lot less money for this DPC than I did during the Corona time uh, of just last year when third parties were doing it. I'm gonna be making a lot less money and. Um, you know, like some of them I feel sympathetic for, some of them I, I don't. Um, obviously, no token like, only buy a second mansion with only yeah, 12 like, rooms. What the fuck? Yeah, if we're, we're talking about like going from you making millions to hundreds of thousands, you know, like uh, I, I'm, I, I am like, I've got bigger problems. You know, I think there are bigger problems in, in the, the Dota 2 ecosystem. To, to focus on and and uh i mean one of those things that dpc is supposed to help out is with the tier two and tier three scene um so that is still the great hope is that this will um between that and the uh i believe they've announced this right that they're going to be doing some sort of team um packages in game where you can buy stuff to support have your they? teams i'm pretty sure they have have they Somebody said that. Somebody Have said they? That I'm not talking about this or confirming or denying anything. <laughs> I'm like 90% certain that this was uh, talked about. I'll give you some, I'll give you some thinking music. Do, 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 do. Caps browsing. Uh, let's see. Top Reddit posts of this month. Scroll through Trying the memes. Trying to figure out if there is something that he's linking, but I don't really know, and I'm not going to edit this part out. I'm just going to wait for <laughs> the answer. Yeah. Uh, there's too much memes here in my, in my web. Anyway, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm sleepy and jet lag, but I'm like 95% certain that that was already talked about publicly. Cap, I've never heard about that. All right. Well, <laughs> if I'm leaking it, I'm leaking it. So be it. Nobody's going to post this podcast on Reddit anyway. We have a rule. Anyway. They're not allowed to. Anyway, so the DPC and uh, and some sort of um, thing to, to be able to help teams uh, monetize in-game is... Uh, I think that combination could do a lot because I think that would make sponsors look at Dota 2 again uh, or team owners look at Dota 2 again. Um, because so many team team owners just uh, do not think that being in Dota is a profitable affair. So, um, ho hopefully that that changes their mind. You know, regular regular broadcasts where you have a you can actually um, approach uh, your sponsors and tell them like this is a defined amount of of broadcast time that we're gonna be getting. We're on the the official. You know, we're on the official coverage of the DPC. We've got a match every week. You know, so that's like three hours of, of airtime we got going on right there. You know, um, we, we've got ways to be able to monetize inside the game, put our sponsors there. I anticipate like it's going to get better from a team perspective, and we might see some teams get back in because there's provable yeah. numbers and there there's potential proven, proven revenue from it. I think that from the player per side and the viewer side and even the talent side, everything basically but the team side. I imagine it's probably going to be a bumpy season one in typical Valve fashion, where it'll be a little yes. bit of a bumpy season one, and then they're going to collect all this data of, here's the top ten things people complained about. Let's fix six of them, and then season two will have six things better, and maybe, you know, four to five things wrong, but... I think that, you know, we're... If we learn anything about how Valve handles some of this stuff, it's that it feels iterative often. And that there, there's a product that's getting to market. It's probably not perfect. It's probably not as polished as it could be. It's very easy to criticize. But it gets better over time the more people criticize it. So, yeah. I'm yeah. interested to see what those big pain points are going to be. Like, I, I want, I'm interested in two months from now, what are people really complaining about about DPC? Is it the broadcast? Is it is it the, you know, lack of teams? Is it the players who have the biggest problem? Is, is it 
yeah, I, I'm interested to see what the pain points are. I'm excited to just be able to casually follow what for me will probably just be EU Dota. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's where most people's heads lie is that they are going to check out Europe. Um, some more hardcore Western fans will check out CIS, um, especially the bigger matches that are going on. And then those that same viewership will usually jump over to NA uh, if there's some like EG game going on against one of the better teams, you know, um, What's e- even if roster? it's just to be able to know? write in chat uh, NA Omega will, you know, that those same viewers will will jump over just to just to say that. Um, do so, we know? Do yeah. we know what roster EG is playing this DPC with? Um, yeah, they're playing with um, Ice 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 now. As their offlaner, um, and somebody else. <laughs> uh, my coffee. big takeaway was Ice 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 offlane because I I've always like as an offlaner I always watch Ice Ice Ice. Um, if I want to try, if I want to try new things or learn, like that that guy has always been, I think, ahead of the curve when it comes to offlane play. Um, even if he hasn't ever been like single-handedly the best offlaner, in in my view, I'm not sure. I'm sure there have been like windows of time where he was, but uh, I've never like consistently thought of him like that. But he's kind of always been in my top five, and I think he's always been um, having interesting takes. Or I see him do like he's one of the first people I see do certain mechanical uh, or strategic plays that um, are like newer for offlaners and stuff. So uh, he's somebody I always learn from. As you're talking, I spilled my drink and I'm trying to make sure that doesn't get on my keyboard. So oh no. Here, I can just That's the on. worst. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just really. I'm is it a sparkling water or is it an oh, actual drink with sugar and stickiness? It's, it, it's a seltzer. So there's, there's some, there's some mm. stickiness going on here. Oh, I might have to. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna prop my keyboard up for the rest of this recording. I'm just gonna, <laughs> gonna do one of these, so it doesn't. So it tries to have as minimal interaction as possible. <laughs> okay. This is. This is kind of what I'm. I'm just. I'm doing. I'm doing this right now. This is just wonderful. My, yeah, my my keyboard is just gonna. There's a ruler on the back. That's kind of. That's kind of fun. Yeah, oh God. That's a. It's a ruler. Yeah, like my the the, the keyboard kickstand is, is a is a detachable ruler, so I don't I've never used this for ruler purposes. Why? <laughs> what is that for? It, well, it it is just the kickstand, right? I I, I yeah, have I have a I have a DOS keyboard, which I'm a big. I guess it's just fan. might as well. It was it was that the idea? We yeah, I think thing, it's a might as well, well thing. With measurements on it. I think it fits under might as well. Man, that, sure. that really that really fucking derailed me. I was just about to... Man, I really hope that my keyboard's okay. Um, Don't worry. I've got more things I want to talk about. You talked about the, the DPC being um, probably not the best for, for players, especially Tier 1 players, but it is probably good for Tier 3 players. I don't know if it's going to be good for tournament organizers. I legitimately have no clue. Uh, I have no inside information on that other than the fact that things were... Um, not very well prepared for for this iteration, but I don't know financially how they're going to be. What's doing. their ROI? Like, 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 what, what are they? What are the TOs really making money off of? I guess just selling sponsorships against the broadcast, knowing that they have the rights yeah. to it. Yeah, I think so. I think that's um, so. I think uh, a lot of that is going to come down to their uh, sales team and their uh, viewership numbers. So again. Europe would probably do well. Um, if I had to guess, um, SA like SA's viewership is going to be terrible, but I I know like Dota Pit is probably going to be putting pretty minimal into that. Um, as would any tournament organizer who's handling SA. Like legitimately, people most tournament organizers will just say no to doing SA. That's that's how bad the viewership is, um, and also like the people that you're reaching with that broadcast um are are not the the audience that your sponsors are trying to sell to either do we know why there isn't like a strong brazilian viewership for like those live games 
Um, like I, th Brazilian I mean, I think they do okay. Viewership for Brazilian Counter Strike yeah. in Brazil, but and it seems like there are, there are a lot of people in you know South America who play Dota. They feels like there's like a kind of a, a semi-competitive tier two scene with a lot of you know fresh faces and names, right? So why do we know why the viewership's just not there? I think the viewership is okay, but specifically in those languages. I don't think it has quite the crossover appeal to, to the English broadcast. Um, maybe that's just because the Brazilian teams haven't had that kind of international success. You know, the Peruvian teams have, um, but like the best times, the, the best uh, times for Brazil specifically was Pain Gaming with Misery on it. Um, with uh, Tavo and King RD and and all that, so like that was probably the best time for uh, Brazil. But they got like what third at ESL One Birmingham. Um, I don't I don't recall them doing very well at TI. No. So it's like I I don't think you've just had that kind of like real mainstream. Whereas um. Uh, oh, what was their name? Fallen's Fallen's team when they won the major. I've gone through what? so many Brazilian Luminosity. names. Not made in Brazil. They weren't made in Brazil. They weren't SG. Okay. They were uh, yeah SK. Yeah, I mean they they had like that kind of big international success. Um, and obviously, there's like you've got Fallen who has international A appeal as well Twitter there. Followers. So. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't. You just don't have that. You don't have that front man nor the team to have that kind of uh, success and acclaim to to back it up. So, um, yeah, I think those those are probably all the reasons why. Um, but I, I actually I I saw um, this is a conversation I I wanted to kind of talk about because um, I honestly don't know. But I always thought the DPC was going to be good for talent. I still think it's going to be good for talent. Um, it's good for all the Dimitris in, S in South America. Did you see that meme? No. Oh. What? I think it was the South America broadcast. Their their Russian talent pool, like seven of the people working the broadcast are named Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I know KBBQ, who frequently is, um, I think, one of the better voices um, to talk about problems in the esports scene i know he was talking about um more coverage and talent opportunities come from incentives for tos to compete obviously no one can compete with the dpc so once um that is secured tos probably just need to cut uh costs from there top tier talent make gain from this or everyone else is the race to a bomb um and and i actually kind of disagree with that i usually agree with jack's takes um but i think that that's probably just because um you know, Jack hasn't really been in the, the broadcast scene for a while since he's been so busy with team ownership stuff. But mm -hmm. um, I actually think while this may specifically be bad for the completely fresh up-and-coming caster, um, I, I think this will still be good for... It's, it's going to be good for Tier 1 talent. It'll still be good for, I think, most... Uh, it, almost all Tier 2 talent. There may be, like, one or two people that are snubbed. Um and, and I think the the whole race to the bottom thing is, I mean, I talked about this before, but, like, that is entirely up to the, the talent to be able to strengthen their position uh, on that. Because you cannot have a, a race to the bottom in a talent industry where there is not a, a horde of fresh and up-and-comers. Talent industries are, are rife with fucking undercutting, you know? Um, that's because talent industries typically we're talking like when, when I say talent industries, we're talking about any industry where there is um, it's kind of like the, the people look at it as like dream jobs, you know, so like I want to be an actor, you know, like there, there's a bunch of 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 18, yeah. nine year, 19 year olds who are all trying to get on the Disney show, you know, and shit like that. Um, so there, there's like tons and tons of people who are, who are trying to get into that industry and therefore are willing to do voice acting, obviously another good example of that. And casting I mean, is a, a talent or like, you know, right? uh, uh, Broadway or it, it, anything like you say that that probably involves yeah. some, some level of exposure. 
Yeah, like I'm music industries or, or, or talent industries, uh, generally speaking, right? And people are just trying to to get there in, even if it's something like uh, trying to be in an orchestra, which I only know very little about. But um, yeah, so but like I think the the thing with Dota casting is that there is not this. I don't think there's these these fresh faced 17, 18, 19 year olds who are like, I want to be a Dota caster because we're in aging esports. So I think more of this DPC will actually be a payout for more for the people who have um, stuck with it for so long and had a chance to be able to break through. I think that what this DPC does is that there are so many talent jobs that you have to have all at one time that it broadens the number. Because it's not like the tier three or uh, when third parties were doing it, uh, like it was really good for up and coming talent because they only have to hire eight guys for for an event. And there's not a whole lot of overlapping events. So, you know, it's they're not really given a whole lot of extra opportunities to uh, to tier two or tier three talent. You just hire what's already been established. It's safe. It's easy. You've already worked with them. You don't need to take any risks. Um Unless, unless those tier one talent are charging such an exorbitant amount of money that it's not worth it, but it seems like it might have been lighter on uh, analysts and host roles. Yeah, that that is the biggest reason that it's not a slam dunk for um, talent is because we we don't have panels that are required, um, which I believe originally in the DPC that was supposed to happen was that you had to. That originally DPC, they actually wrote that there was going to be that everyone had to have a studio show. Uh, obviously, that's a little awkward to enforce during Corona. Yeah. And, <laughs> hey, uh, get together and believe, right now. Yeah. And, and then like with a studio show, I believe they like pretty much had to have a panel. They had to have a host and and uh, some sort of panelists or or analysts. Um, maybe they I think there was talks that maybe you could do remote for casters. Um, which again would just be even better because that means they don't have to pay, um, they don't have to make the decision to fly out um, somebody who they've never worked with before. Um, they can just as easily hire them for a week of remote casting, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to get better rates for those. So I, I think the the DPC is still really good for for talent. It's just for the people who are not going to make it into this first DPC, it's going to feel like it's going to feel terrible because there's no other events going on. So if you did not make it into one of the one of the DPC leagues, then you're just going to be like, what do I do for two months? But I, I was racking my brain at who those people even are. And like, I can think of a couple like I don't think Cinderin's anywhere. I don't even know if he, he wants. Yeah, to that, that's that. that's by choice. Yeah, Cinderin. Cinderin will always be hired if he wants to be hired. I think. Um, Similarly, like I guess Nahas isn't anywhere, but I mean he's also probably using his adult job. <laughs> um, yeah, that feels less bad. I mean, um, I'm I'm homies with Tsunami who doesn't have a gig. Um, yeah. Tsunami is one. T Governor is another one. Yep. Um, and then T Panda was another name. Um, that I was surprised was not picked up to be play by play anywhere. Um, and 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 that is going to suck for those people. I'm, I'm not gonna mince words. I think that that just is gonna blow. It's gonna be terrible for them. Um, it's gonna feel like the end of the world. Um, that being said, I think if you look at a, a bigger picture, the overall money that's going into just isolate the tier one talent and put them aside just the the total amount of money that's going into the tier two scene uh of uh of talent i think it's still a win oh yeah um, so so while it's because it's it's long consistent work a lot of it at at more premium rates than you were gonna get before you're not getting paid 15 dollars a game for fucking dpc broadcast you know, matter how much a tournament organizer lowballs you, and no matter how quickly people snap up whatever money is offered to them, <laughs> it's not going to translate into fifteen dollars a game, which is what the kind of standard fifteen twenty. Maybe you can get like thirty for bigger series, um, uh, maybe even upwards of of like fifty or, or seventy five for like a really big 
really big games. Uh, but for the most part, I think from what I still understand is like fifteen twenty dollars a game, which is not not great. So it's not even minimum wage in some places. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So I I don't know. Uh, I I I think like people are being pretty doom and gloom about the DPC, and I understand why because it's easy to find a lot of problems with it. Don't think this was very well prepared, um, and that's probably just a number of things: holidays, Corona, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I would be shocked, and I guess this goes to my earlier point: if people still have as many complaints about season two, I feel like I'm I'm willing to say season one. It's the first time. There's gonna be some hiccups. There's a global pandemic. Cool. Season two. Be better. 2022, great. That, that, uh, that's like, the timeline I, I, I'm I want to straddle that line of, of, like, criticism and, like, things will get better. And, and I just want to give a counterpoint. It's been a year. It's, it's been a year of, of corona being a, a real thing in, in the world. And I feel like we probably could have used the last six months better. But Oh, you mean when we could have just sat at home and just planned for something? And just, like, pre-produced whatever we wanted to do because people were working from home. Yeah. And weren't yeah, doing I, it. It's, <laughs> yeah. To wait this long for 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 this was... Uh, I don't think the payoff was quite there. But I, I do have faith that it'll get better. Uh, so we'll just see how it goes. But uh, I'm starting my first broadcast today, starting off with, uh, I believe, CIS Division 2. Actually, I think it's CIS and then Europe. There's a Division 2 match of both of them. So it's really so weird that we're starting off with Division 2. The big bang of the DPC is uh, all Division 2 matches of all the regions. But yeah. So the way that it works, especially because ESL and DreamHack are kind of like forming a big amalgamous blob, is that you're working both regions and both divisions <laughs> so are you technically going to be casting four different divisions over the next month or so yeah i don't know how much we're covering the um lower division of cis but i think we're doing some of europe i i to be honest i don't entirely know um but yes we are so here here's here's what we're doing we're here in sweden we're here in dreamhack studios um, and on, on one day, uh, I believe, uh, Mondays are CIS days. So on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I believe I will go into the studio, um, dressed up in a, a suit and a dress shirt, and I will do the professional ESL show. And then I will go home, take those clothes off go to sleep, wake up the next day and wear uh, what what is called smart casual. So maybe a button-up shirt, some jeans. Smart. Generally I've nice never looking. heard smart casual before. Yeah, that's a that's a real term. Uh, smart casual and uh, and I will show up to do the European broadcast put on by Dreamhack. Same studio, same desk. Uh, but I'm dressed differently, and uh, and it's more the dream hack show. It's more laid back, um, less professional, and and j you're just gonna alternate back and forth. Are you gonna get I, whiplash? I, I'm, not convinced, I'm not convinced. There's going to really be a defined separation when you have the same talent, just kind of like every other day switching back and forth. Like we're gonna be wearing different clothes, but like I feel like after five weeks, we're kind of putting on the same show. But how long until the DreamHack? <laughs> like, like how many days till you're like, hey, everybody, we're in our casual clothes today. It's DreamHack, baby. You know what that means. Everybody get the soundboard out. Hit the fart noises. <laughs> like, is, is, is that what? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, maybe it actually will be a big separation because every DreamHack day will just be a, oh, we can relax sort of thing. We'll really just go off off on the rails, whereas ESL will try and be a little bit more um, defined this is a serious in our Dota direction. Broadcast? Yeah, this is a serious Dota broadcast. Important things happening. 
I'll also be hosting a bit while I'm here, apparently. So that'll be uh, a fun little stretch of uh, my abilities. I haven't hosted in a while, so. I look forward to it. I'm, I'm happy that you're doing the EU stuff. Not from anything of a friend perspective, but just because that's the one I'll be watching. So I will have something to talk. About. So I can yeah. genuinely talk to you about it <laughs> <laughs> without like having to watch two different leagues. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll be able to to talk about what actually happened on the broadcast. How how many people how many people are spinning up shows right now that are like, hey guys, I got this great idea. We're gonna do a daily slash weekly slash whatever whatever show where I'm gonna talk to you about all the DPC mm. stuff. Yes, I oh, so I I thought about doing that. Um, in fact, way way back in the day when the DPC was first being kind of uh, um, rumored, I talked to BTS very early on and I said, hey, um, so this thing's coming up. Um, what if we work together to to make a show around it? Um, it could be a Twitch show that it also gets put into podcast form. Uh, I think you guys are good production. Uh, I'm a good talent to help lead this. Like we can work together on this. And then obviously everything got delayed, and so I never really got to follow up with those ideas. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do something like that. A bit harder when I'm actually doing the broadcast and I'm doing two different regions to get. I, I thought about like maybe I'll do a podcast, but yeah, I see a bunch of talent are trying to jump on that uh, opportunity. The the problem I have with um this idea, um, Trent and Lyrical are going to be doing a daily show, which I think they've got the the time and resources to be able to do. Um, and then I know, I know, I know Dan know is doing a weekly Dan, show. Dan will do a much I think better, uh, more polished show of that uh, of weekly uh and he's having what i think was smart about dan is that he's having a guest on for each region so you're gonna have people who are focused in their expertise and stuff um problem i i foresee is that i just don't think it'll be that interesting it to be like brutally honest is that i think you actually want a much more casual show um, that is there for the entertainment and touches on the DPC, I think is what you want. I mean, at least that, that was my idea of it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be going over fucking every single game that was happening in every single region because it's way too fucking much. Uh, I, I think I wanted, I wanted a, a DPC show that was uh, some friends hanging out, bullshitting, and then occasionally going over Twitch clips and briefly touching the results of, of each region. Yeah, my, that, my, thought, the show. my thought on that is, like, what's the version of that show that lasts 10 minutes every week? Yeah. Because that might be something that could that I can see. I was going to say for. an hour just because it's, it's so many regions. But, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, like, I mean, I was even talking directly to Dan about this. And I'm, I'm thinking, who is the market? who wants to listen to people talk about every region or like do a really in-depth yeah. recap. Does that person, does that audience even exist? And I think the pessimistic side of me says, I don't think so. I don't think there's someone, at least, you know, if I'm looking at my own Dota sphere and friends and people who really want to consume all that knowledge, they probably are going to follow a team or follow a region or maybe follow some broader overarching stories like, wow, can you believe how well Navi's doing? Or, dude, EG, I, can you believe they lost to, like, every fucking team? Like, those big overarching stories I think will touch a lot of people. But I don't know how many people want to be keeping up every day like it was a sports center ESPN um, yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I don't know how many of those people exist. Yeah, I, no, I, I completely agree with that. I think that um, there is just not not the audience for that ambitious of uh, a show like that. But we'll, we'll see how people do. I mean, if you want to put something together with us i'm i'm down to do some sort of recap show um that is like real real short and sweet but if i basically if like if i had my i think the dream scenario is i mean uh, it's it's a little played out because nowadays like three three four years ago this was like 
pe- people were just now like talking about like we should really do an inside the NBA version of esports. You know, like people were just touching on it. Nowadays, I feel like every tournament organizer, every content creator tries to tell me, you know, we're just trying to do inside the NBA, but for esports. <laughs> I feel like they all try and tell me that. Before but, that, but it was oh, I, let's do Sports Center for esports. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it was. But yes, uh, I, I think like legitimately, I think you want the that kind of vibe though for for a DPC show. I don't think you want to tackle. Um, you know what's funny is that I actually made this joke to Kyle just last night. We were playing Dota together. I was like, you know, you know when um, uh, you you know who he play for inside the NBA that that segment where they do who he play for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh where, where they go ahead and have Chuck. <laughs> they give him a player and have him like guess, try and figure out what team they're on, totally and he's totally. always wrong. It's hilarious that he's a he's a fucking a professional analyst, and he's so wrong every single time about what 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 team this player's on. I was like, we could do that with you, Kyle, but with like Dota mechanics, because <laughs> Kyle just doesn't play Dota anymore. He watches Dota, and he's still like a great analyst. But like he just doesn't play the game. So mechanically speaking, he's like so far fucking gone. <laughs> I um, yeah. Give give me a. I'll up it. Give give me a thirty minute show that's inside the NBA esque with three to four people who were all. I, I I'm saying people who were way closer to probably the vibe we have than the vibe that Purge would have. I, I, I want people who are going to intentionally be a little bit silly and have a lot of levity. Three yeah, to four yeah, the people, audience there minutes. for that is people tuning in for the show, not because they care about North, both North America and Southeast Asia, Dota, mm-hmm. you know, and what exactly fucking tier two Southeast Asian team beat some other tier two Southeast Asian team, but also knows all about four Zoomers and and um, I can't even list a team below four Zoomers. <laughs> Sad boys. I was trying. Uh, uh, no, sad boys is like one of the top teams. So like, I was trying to find a team that was like four zoomers on the. You know, they're like solidly fourth or third place. You know, I was trying to find like the seventh best team, but I don't even know. I don't even know the fucking. I don't know names of players or teams, so I could I, I couldn't come up with a fucking reference on the spot. <laughs> That, but I'm like I'm a professional Dota analyst, and I can't fucking list that off the top of my head. That goes to show, like the audience just is not there for people I would who are love, interested in that matchup. I would love the bit where you get like, you know, Owen and you and lyrical, and you know, just just name a bunch of other people, and just say, okay, I'm gonna give you a giant whiteboard and sixty seconds. And you have to write down as many teams that are in the DPC in any region as possible. And see who can rattle <laughs> off the most teams. Because everyone's like, okay, I got this. We got EG and Four Zoomers and Sad Boys and Quincy Crew and and, and Liquid and you know, and, you know, they, they get all of like, you know, the top four in each region pretty easily. And then everyone goes, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we, I mean, as talent, we do this to each other all the time. It's like sometimes it'll be actually on panel, which is, which makes it funnier to us. Um, but it's also kind of BM, but it's the whole, like, it's the whole, uh, listed, uh, <laughs> listed team name. Give me like three players on that team, <laughs> you know, like, uh, go ahead, Hellraisers. Just, just list, just list a player on that team. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Fucking do it. I dare you. <laughs> and more often than not, people will not be able to list more than like one or two, you know, because um, it, it's just like it, it's um, it's a lot of teams and a lot of players across a lot of regions, all like the time zones are just not. So, you know, like I don't know the seventh best team in North America because I also don't know the seventh best team in Southeast Asia because I'm trying to follow all the regions. So I really only care about the top three or four you know like I, I i don't have the time to be able to know the intricacies of the tier two scenes of all the regions because i'm trying to get the tier one of all the regions down so yeah oh shit i'm interested in if anyone's gonna have a successful show that gets put together 
and how that gets co-opted by any network. Because I presume in a world where people have more time to plan, like BTS or ESL would want to even do a show like that. But probably mm. not in this time frame. Probably not right now. Maybe season yeah. two. Especially when they're already being a tournament organizer. Like BTS is like one of the go-to, right? Because they have a studio. They've got funny people. They've got mean people who like come up with good ideas and shit. But then they're also a tournament organizer now. So they got to focus on being a tournament organizer before being a content creator. Man. So, yeah. I really like the dichotomy of, um, you know, you being in Sweden and being in the morning and me, you know, still in Los Angeles and you're having coffee. I'm having a seltzer. And um, that's that. That's the extent of the relationship. <laughs> I mean, I'm in I'm, fucking Sweden. So the lighting is, is probably close to the same. It looks like it's fucking like 6 p.m. outside. Oh, shit. Even though it's it's uh, 10 a.m. It is real dark and gloomy out there. Um, before, before I let you go, get ready for what's going to be the kickoff day of the, the, the future of Dota, the beginning of the DPC, right? I played a carry Omni-Night game. Oh yeah. How'd it go? Yeah. I, I had fun, but I didn't okay. have silly fun. Mm. So... I, I I did I, I forget exactly what you were telling me to do, but what I did do is 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 I went face, I okay, went yeah. uh, Sage and Kaya. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I got uh, my shard so I can start hitting people around the same time that I got um, like like a little after twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some pain points that existed. Telling my team that I was a a, a one position army knight. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pain point. I think that that's no. Started, I'm not five. I'm one. I'm one. <laughs> that that started the relationship off rocky, to say the uh-huh. least. Yeah. And um, I th- I think I was I was I was I felt super tanky. Uh, I I just had fun running at people. I love the way Degen Aura works in general, just because I like seeing people be slow and annoying. Um, I feel like I wanted something to add CDR to to my new skill like it felt yeah. like it felt like it was on cooldown just a little bit too much to be memey probably the right amount to be good and effective yeah. but like mm-hmm. not quick enough to be memey because it was still every like four to five hits when i was getting that pure damage and really like chunking people so i i i i, I wasn't quite sold on it but it did feel really strong and viable. But I, I think I might have uh, had expectations of it being something sillier. Like um, I was going to walk in and play like uh, Ags, Mjolnir, Dro and, and be like Lightning Fairy. But instead yeah. I was just like, oh, I feel like this this tanky pure damage boy. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, 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 um, I see what you mean. Like the, be- the best silliness that comes from it is the fact that you just stay alive forever. And you just like keep on hitting people and they're like trying to ignore you because they can't kill you. Like that, that is the extent of the silliness. As far as Dota terms, that's like pretty light on the scale of silliness. (laughs) But you're also talking to me and I'm only going to give you viable shit (laughs) to do. I I went back and. Okay, you should try the Winter Wyvern thing though. Okay, I I, I will try that. That is also viable, but I feel like it's a little bit sillier. I went back after and and ended up getting a uh, a radiance, which I don't know if that was was a worthwhile thing to do because it felt like I got it late, but it made me that much more annoying to just sit in the middle of fights and be like, "Hey, I'm hitting you," yep. <laughs> and I'm burning everyone. I, I I never feel good about a radiance that happens after like twenty two ish minutes, but but it felt like an okay choice here. Yeah, um, no, I think um, you could definitely go. I think Radiance is good with that build, no doubt. Uh, I, ju- I just tried to, I just was trying builds that weren't Radiance to feel like to see how good just that ability was. But I think if you're going to go Radiance, you probably build it first, face Radiance, and then into Sanjkaya or Yashikaya. And then what did you or get S1. after like Yashikaya? What, what were you building? Uh, I went Heart because you're. 
your extra your ability is based off of your base damage so i was trying to give myself as much raw strength as possible mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. see how high that number could go and how good i would feel about it um so i went hard i tried scotty as well because that gives you some strength as well as even more chasing power <laughs> like you hit somebody and they have degen aura and they're getting scottied they don't go anywhere they're just like all right like, this is my i'm just i'm here they're not gonna run away. They're gonna turn around and, and fight you because they've got they've got nothing else to do. I'll have to try it a couple more times. I think maybe next time Scotty seems silly. Maybe I'm into maybe I'm into Scotty, but man, I love building hard. Um, maybe maybe I'll I built skip orb of corrosion originally. Um, phase boots orb of corrosion. That felt really good. Similar, similar thing. It's Even just, more you, know, slow, you can have yeah. that by, yeah, you can have that at 13 minutes instead of 35. <laughs> well, next time I find a team that allows me to do that, I'm, I'm going to keep on trying to push that through. And then I, I will. <laughs> yeah, just, just tell them B, you saw BSJ do it. Promo code BSJ. I think that Please. I'm still uh, bracketed low enough to where people might go, what? Who? <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that a is that a person? What is a BSJ? What does that stand for? I'm gonna give you a BSJ if you don't buy wards. I don't know, man. Well, shit. Um, you <sighs> and your beautiful apartment with your switch that looks like it has little handles on it. Um, I'll yes, the switch light. It does. If you if you have a switch, get get some of those. Ari Neiman. Was the first person who showed me that. Hey, dude, switches are not built to be held for more than an hour. They're just not. It's not um whatever that word is. Ergonomic. For ergon it is not ergonomic in any way. So, but buy yourself a, a case that gives you handles that your your palm of your hand can wrap around instead of the hard edge of a switch. Um. One, one, one more thing before I actually do say goodbye. I've been staring at this plate of fruit behind you for like the last hour. Is that yeah. like a banana, a zucchini, and a red pepper? Because what well, like let's a... Let's go check. <laughs> He's now getting up and actually going to look at uh, what's, what's behind him. I'm hoping that it's a tomato and not a red pepper. Because a red pepper just seems more weird. Sweden likes their peppers. You want to know why? Could it because because bell peppers are like the pepper. it, it is a bell pepper. Uh, bell peppers give you like the illusion of spice while being very bland, which is like exactly what sweetified food is. I swear to God, the food here has no soul. That's what I was telling. That's what I was telling the other talent. I was like, whenever I come to Sweden, I have food here. It's not bad. It just doesn't feel like it. It it makes me feel anything. It, it's it's sweetified food. This is a real term. Sweetified food. It just means that they've toned down everything. What what you know what, what it tells me? They've given me a paper on this. this is my my DPC paper. Here's what it says: The food quality is excellent. Most takeout places might have sweetified their food, which means it will not be too spicy nor too bland. Okay, first of all, I have a, an issue. With the idea that they're what food is trying to be bland? Nothing. Like what cuisine out um, there is like? Mm, yes, crackers. very good. That was very bland. I hardly tasted anything at all. Like like sweetified food is is like coming. They're like mm, this this cuisine very nice, but a bit too bland. Let's go ahead and, and spice it up a little bit. So I object to that idea that sweetified food is is. Tempering both the highs and lows and meeting a nice middle ground. It that's not what it does at all. All sweetified food does is take other cu cuisine that actually has some some sort of kick, something in it. Doesn't necessarily have to be spicy, but some sort of like contrast of flavors or something that was really strong and unique. It just makes it bland. That's that's all sweetified food is. They just they take the soul out of other foods. Drain it, suck it dry, and spit back this like fucking. It's just kind of like, eh, meh. Okay, I heard when I you go to Sweden, you're supposed to get uh, just just kebab pizza, and that's like it. Yeah, 
I, but I've been in, I like, I, I was in Germany for like three years. I had kebab last night. It was like, again, it, it was probably the best food I've had so far um, from this trip in Sweden anyway. Um, and it, it was just kind of like, yeah, I mean, Germany is full of Turkish people. So the great kebab there, you know, here, uh, just again, same thing. The spicy sauce that I got. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it was spicy. I guess it was supposed to. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just <laughs> bothers me. Bothers me. I like the idea. I, again, Next time you it's, travel. It's not, it's not bad, but it's just, yes, I've got a, a so bell pepper, cucumber. Okay, so that's, this is for Friday night. Um, it's individually apple. wrapped. It's pre-condomed. Yes, it's, it is. You've got to be safe. Uh, oranges, uh, kiwi, apple, banana. You got a real uh, couple, couple of chocolates. Let me just say, ESL um, slash DreamHack did not set us up with the most amazing. This is what they left me. It's fruit bowl. And they're like, okay, survive. <laughs> Have I... Have I ever told you that okay. I don't really eat fruit? Yeah, I've talked about that. Yeah, yeah. that's it, that disturbs me. That, that like, whole... if you don't eat vegetables, I understand, but like fruit, it's 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 nature's candy. But we have real candy now. This double <laughs> chin doesn't make itself, dude. So, I mean, so uh, fuck. Speaking of being fat. Uh, my birthday was yesterday, which isn't a way that Happy I just want. Birthday. Don't that's I don't I know I like bait you into saying that by by saying that's not what I, I wanted. I did not know it was your birthday. Thank you. That's fine. Um, I'm 28 now. Um, I met I met my parents have new neighbors uh, that are moving in, mm. and they said, mm -hmm. "Oh, so you're in your late 20s?" And I'm like, "Yep, you son of a bitch. <laughs> nice to meet you too." Um, I. I love I love my friends. I'm I'm very blessed to just have like a plethora of like really awesome people in my life. Um, uh -huh. And on my birthday, in the, the, this is I guess my first COVID birthday um, since I didn't really have a proper COVID birthday last year. But I, I beat out the pandemic, at least in America. And uh, they they just brought a bunch of stuff over for me because we weren't having like a party. So um, someone brought an entire bunt cake. Someone brought an entire mm. pie. Someone brought wow. two pints of ice cream. Someone bought two mini wow. pies. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like, fuck, I, I really need to do something about the aforementioned double chin situation. And I think that I might have pigeonholed myself into being the person who just um, has a lot of sweet food preferences for desserts because people's go-to mm -hmm. gifts weren't like, man, I'm going to get Joey a game on his steam wish list, which some people did. Thank you, Conrad. Um, but all of my friends came and just dropped off, just dropped off food, just gave you food. to varying degrees of success because I wasn't actually around on Saturday for a moment. I, I went out to go get myself a pastry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to treat myself. Which just compounded the problem, right? Well, <laughs> my my boss, um, whose birthday is a week before mine, I, I got him a whole pie um, as as a thank you. Also, if you have the proper relationship, strongly recommend birthday gifts for, for, for people who are your supervisors because you want them to like you. It's just a political thing. Um, you can't, you, sometimes you can buy friendship. Um, <laughs> it's the takeaway. Um, he, he was kind enough to repay the gift and also give me a pie for my birthday from the same place. Um, but he left it outside my apartment and the way that my apartment building is, um, which I'm just, it's wild that I actually moved. You've never, you've never actually been here, Austin, still because fucking COVID. Um, the way my apartment building is, is that my landlord's front door is right next to the main gate of the apartment building. And the steps up to the front gate of the apartment building, I'm probably doxing myself, have like like a split where you can just go straight to their door instead of going inside. 
instead of leaving the pie by like the main gate and the call box and everything, he left it on my landlord's door, thinking that it was potentially mine. First mistake was that I don't have the expensive apartment here. There's no way that my front door is like to the world. But <laughs> alas, um, he tells me like, hey, go outside. I left you something. And I, I wasn't able to get it for like 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, fuck, there's nothing here. And then I'm going around. I'm like looking in the bushes. I'm seeing someone who's hidden. I'm like, am I going to have to tell him that, that like someone stole this gift? I go inside. I'm like, hey, Nick. came through and took your birthday present. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna go inside and be like, Hey, Nick, did did I uh, did you grab anything? He's like, Nope. And I'm like, Fuck. So I go back outside and I do more investigating to try and find where this pie was left off. And then I realize that, um, you know, maybe my landlord took it. Maybe the person who owns the building took the pie. So I sent them a text message. Yeah, she's 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 a nice uh, older lady named Merrill or Merle, but I call her Merrill, which is rude because that's not her name but i think about the metal gear character um her name's merle and uh i'm like hey did you happen to get a pie dropped off by your door and then i don't get a response and then three minutes later i get a knock on my door and it's merle's husband and he's like hey joey and he's holding the box that has the pie in it and i'm like great i'm glad we solved this i'm really glad that you picked it up and it wasn't stolen He's like, yeah, um, so the pie, when it arrived, um, it had the name John on it, and no one who lives here's name was John, so we were confused and took it in. And naturally, the first thing that we did is we just tried it. So we ate a bunch of the pie. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's that's totally cool. I can't eat the whole thing myself. Do, do you want any more? Like, did you like it? And they're like... You know, it, it was a little too sweet, but we feel really bad that we <laughs> ate your pie for your birthday. And I'm like, Barry, it's it's a good story. It's totally fine. I'm glad that you had to try some pie that was too sweet for you. He's like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm like, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. now your landlord owes you. That's a good position to be in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm late on rent. Well, you ate my fucking birthday pie, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll make sure to pull that one out next time I need to hold something over their head. I'll be like, yeah, uh, remember that one time that you ate my birthday gift? <laughs> Anywho, um, yeah, so I'm trying to, uh, today I I drove around and like I dropped, I like broke up the pie and the cake and other stuff and just started dropping it off to people. And I'm like, here, I can't eat all this. Could you, do you want some pie? Um, Dude, I want some so badly. Ellie sent me pictures of donuts. Like I'm trying to to be like, I'm trying to be good here. I, I think it's a good opportunity for me to lose some weight, like I did with our Omega League. So I'm restarting. You know, like okay, yoga, exercise, not eating a whole lot. For whatever for whatever reason, I did pretty well in Ukraine, but I've yet to find any food that really hits the spot here in Sweden. So I'm just craving sweets like a fucking madman. So. <laughs> Give me your food, Joey. Give it to me. I'm gonna go try. I'm gonna go over to your place and eat those cream puffs. I'm gonna go test out of that. <laughs> oh, Ellie made cream puffs. They look so good. Oh my god. Be like, hey, Ellie, it's my birthday. Um, can I have some <laughs> cream puffs? I haven't gotten enough sweets yet. God. Um. Well, um, on that note, see you next week. Nice. <laughs> I also just cut I'll the podcast. I'll still be here. I'll still be here. Have a good have a good broadcast, Cap. Happy 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 first day of school. <laughs>